0: You're tuned in to the Nonprofit Chatter, brought to you by Nonprofit Pro with our friends at Pursuant. New T and Taylor Shanklin are getting real and sitting down with nonprofit leaders to chatter about issues affecting nonprofits today. Be sure to subscribe to us in your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss these conversations with your nonprofit peers. And check us out on the web at nonprofitpro.com podcast nonprofit hyphen chatter.
1: Welcome to the Nonprofit Chatter Podcast, hosted by me, New T, Editor-in-Chief of Nonprofit Pro,
2: and me, Taylor Shanklin, VP of Marketing at Pursuance.
1: The Nonprofit Chatter will give you an insider's look on the most pressing challenges facing nonprofit leaders and fundraisers today, and how to overcome them. In each episode, we'll engage in invigorating conversation with industry leaders and find out what tools and tactics nonprofits need in their repertoire to help their vision become a reality.
2: So in episode number two here today of The Nonprofit Chatter, we are going to dive into the challenges of silos within organizations and talk about how to overcome them. We are joined today by Chaz Offit who is the Senior Director of Development Services overseeing digital at PBS National, and David Cicchetti, Director of Client Solutions at Pursuant. Hey Chaz, David, thanks so much for joining us today. It's really a pleasure to have both of you here. We are really excited to talk about silos because both of you have been in the boots on the ground position within nonprofit organizations, but you've also both been on the consulting side. So I think it will be really interesting to have your line of sight, having seen it from both angles. Uh, how are you both doing today?
0: Great, Taylor. Uh, this is Chess. Great, thank you. Good to be here. Yeah, it's, it's good to be here as well. This is David, and I'm really excited about today's conversation.
2: Awesome. Okay, cool. So let's, let's just get right into it. Um, you know, in order for nonprofit organizations to thrive and, and to make that vision a reality, like people need to work together. But often we see it every day, organizations really fall into the pitfalls of uh, silos. Why is it that you think that nonprofit organizations are so prone to falling into that pitfall? Chaz, if you want to get started.
3: Sure, sure. I think um, it's, you know, uh, everybody would love to work together, and it's such an easy concept, isn't it? You know, I think um, I mean, people, yeah, are, right. <laughs> people are inherently collaborative, uh, and we are a social, social species. Um, however, I think there are there are certainly uh, physical barriers, uh, such as an organization's management structure that can uh, impact culture, and I think that's a big Big piece of it. Um, The management structure that is hierarchical sets a tone for all departments, Um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think uh, the benefit
0: is certainly one of speed, efficiency, and, and most definitely clarity of roles yeah I agree with you Chaz and uh, you know in some ways I feel like silos are kind of natural right because people get wrapped up in their own work and they get wrapped up in thinking you know about their own needs and their own um, you know responsibilities within an organization and I think for nonprofits sometimes you know where there could be um you know less resources than maybe for profit companies, there's a lot on people's plates right, and there's a lot that they are responsible for, and so they're oftentimes very focused with heads down just trying to get through the work and get their their um get their jobs done and so sometimes that kind of siloed thinking can. Creep in inadvertently. Yeah, David, I totally, think that's a yeah. great point. And just to add to that, I think
3: um, you know when you work for a mission-based organization, a cause, you're invested kind of heart and soul into the mission, most likely. Um, and there is a real kind of natural, um, a natural uh, sense or desire to succeed. And sometimes the clearest path to success is. Head down and move forward. <laughs> right. Um, right. And sometimes the challenge is certainly when you need to pick your head up and work with those around you because that delays the process. But as we all know, that can delay the process, and it requires multiple, um, you know, multiple perspectives and different buy-ins. Uh, but that takes time and that's work and that's you know there is no silver bullet
0: for how you accomplish that.
3: Yeah, I,
0: and and I would also say, too, that it, it doesn't – I think sometimes people think that, you know, silos occur in really large or complex organizations, you know, like some federated nonprofits or, you know, a, 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 the top ten. Um, but it's not true. I think it can happen, you know, even in much smaller nonprofits as well. So, you know, I think we we automatically go to to, you know, large, diverse, and complex organizations. But I think it's true uh, across the board in our industry.
2: I love that you said that, and I completely agree. And, and let's let's dig into a couple of things here. So, one thing, David, you just said this that you know people think it's often just the large organizations, but it's not. And I've I've seen that to be true too within large companies and. Startups, even startups, so like a team of five I've seen be siloed, right? So I think a lot of it, it's about, and as you said this, Chaz, it's about relationship building. It takes time, you know? Um, and so I think people do tend to get into this heads down mode. Um, and hey, I just got to get the, these five things done, and it's urgent. And I got to get heads down, and I don't have time to take my head up and focus on bringing everyone into this, right? So sometimes there's like a natural shift in this. You mentioned some of the benefits at times to silos. Let's let's dig into that a little bit. Like, what have you seen work well in a way because of the silos? So I think Can I would I jump add- everyone. <laughs>
3: Well, you know, as I, I, I kinda of mentioned, I just add I think it's um there's certainly a speed is is your friend. I mean sometimes you know, sometimes there's a very clear directive on what needs to be done. Um and 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 to add to that where it, it has to be sort of done in the in a quickly manner in which um it is, you know, best to uh, appoint or uh um, have one individual sort of go forth <laughs> and accomplish, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so timeliness yeah. is a big thing, I would say, and in, in kind of expediency of the of, of the issue
0: of the work. Uh, yeah, it, I think building on that, Chaz, I agree with you, and but I I also think that it's um, kind of allows staff to specialize in their unique talents, right? So it gives them like some accountability, and can provide some clarity around tasks that need to be accomplished. And so as an upside, and, you know, Taylor, you mentioned this maybe within some smaller organizations or, you know, um, a a startup, like you mentioned, where everybody is doing everything just to keep things going and keep things uh, afloat, so to speak, Uh, a silos can have Uh, benefit there of providing that clarity around who's doing what and playing to people's strengths. Mm
2: hmm. So, yeah, I think where the the challenge comes in oftentimes with silos is um, uh, people when they hold things really close to them, and there's like politics at play, right. And then I also think, You know, one of the pitfalls that I think happens with silos is that then when you don't have the left hand knowing what the right hand is doing, that can ultimately lead to poor donor and supporter experiences if they're getting different kinds of communications from different groups. What have either you seen to work well to overcome that kind of a challenge and get people working together in that way.
3: Well, happy hour is always a good start.
2: <laughs> it is. <laughs> you're so right. Built, it, no, you're right building those relationships, you know, uh, it really of the is. I mean, kind of
3: breaking it down a little bit. And I and I think, um, you know, if we if we sort of base silos on the assumption that it limits personal and professional growth, it's, you know, a treadmill can speed up or slow down, but you're still in the treadmill. Um, and so I mean, the idea of really breaking down those silos is—it's—it is relational, and it is um, stepping out um, uh, and taking a risk uh, in doing so. Um, really, kind of working across the aisle, um, and I, you know, I say kind of facetiously happy hour, but I—I do put some truth in that, <laughs> as much as uh, lunch lunches uh, or bagel mm-hmm. Fridays. Um, you know, certain kind of very tactical things that can uh, really help, um, you know. Put a face on uh, above and beyond the work you do can humanize the effort
0: yeah i I agree with that, and I would build on that and say that I feel like it really starts with leadership, right, so silos really I think can only be addressed when the leaders within an organization are created. Are creating a, a culture of communication, which is what Chaz was talking about, you know, and trust, and that they have to model that behavior, so that the rest of the staff can see, you know, that 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 this is the kind of culture that I'm living in, and um, it's okay for me to do this. You know, it's okay. For me to not feel protective of my donors i if there's one thing that i hate is when people say my donors no these are the organizations <laughs> donors. they're not your right donors. right <laughs> um, and you know, so so that everyone has a stake and kind of shared goals, I think is super important, right? So it's ha- having the staff engage with the leadership in kind of annual sort of strategic planning. Um, across the organization, not just coming up with the budget for your department, right, or the area that you work in, helps kind of spread that um, accountability or shared goals. I think. They, I think that's a really good point.
3: I just add to that is I think uh, you know it really starts from management. It starts from leadership as a whole, you know, and that that is what kind of sets a tone for the culture um, it, because that is so important at any organization. I'm sure sure you uh all of us have been in sort of you know what we felt it feels very you know uh, a, a culture of growth and, and learning opportunity with you know filled with learning opportunities but then we've also may have been um in a culture that was a little bit more stymied or felt a little bit more stymied. and you tend to see you know the 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 burnout a little bit higher in those those cultures or or uh you know departures um staff departures And so, you know, if you think of that, and I kind of struggle with this, and I think it's a really constantly struggle in kind of thinking through how do uh, we provide or create a culture of innovation. I think that's really at its key um, because we all, as, you know, creatures, uh, um, you know, who are social, um, we do want to grow. We do, I think, naturally, I believe that. We naturally want to grow. Um, And silos are just a, a learned behavior. So it requires more work to, I think, break it down. Um, you know, and you yeah. go back to even, like, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, it's, you know, the silos are sort of uh, at odds with the, the whole premise. Um, you know, the, the notion that good ideas are restricted, restricted to only a select few is kind of crazy, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, when you have leadership or senior leadership only talking to senior leadership about, you know, the answers, it's missing out on a whole nother uh, audience, In fact, you can burn out that audience that you're actually disregarding.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally agree. And I also think that people tend to immediately think that silos are like an organizational issue or it's like an internal issue. But it absolutely directly impacts the people and constituents that you engage with you know and mm-hmm. it 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 impacts that that experience that a donor might have of the organization you know the biggest example or the 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 one for me that always seems to come up is when you know you have like a major gifts team who doesn't want the direct response team to communicate with any donor over 5000 or or $1,000. Even if the major gifts team doesn't have the staff to personally cultivate those important donors, it's like why wouldn't you at least want them to get baseline communications to keep the relationship moving forward? And that's, siloed thinking that has such a huge impact on the experience of a donor. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I, you know, I love it,
2: that,
0: you said that. I, did too, I think
3: that's really, it gets into um, kind of metrics and goals um, and, and organizational structure. But as far as if you're looking at the, you know, major donor baseline, you are disregarding or potentially putting aside all the other sort of channels, fundraising channels that really impact the relationship. Um, yeah. And so goals play a part of this as far as are you, and, and from a development standpoint, do you have a single goal for your, mem- you know, your membership team, a single goal for, right. well, for us, sponsorship, a single goal <laughs> for fundraising? And that may be the case, but until they're actually aligned and kind of roll up and have a single goal and you know, an um, uh, investment into the larger experience, um, mm-hmm. You're going you're gonna to
0: see the siloed effect and this sort of piecemeal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in my experience, just working at um, non, a nonprofit as well as being on the agency consultative side is you oftentimes as well see the mission or programs people very siloed uh, um, versus the marketing and sort of fundraising staff. And that's an area that I think a lot of organizations, their natural silos kind of develop and which which is, is sort of counterintuitive, right, to what we should be doing as an organization where programs and fundraising and marketing are working in hand in hand so that, you know, we're putting the right messages out there that we're you know talking about what is uh, how the mission is advancing and in what ways um and so you know having marketing and fundraising staff interact more with programmatic operations i think is really key to busting silos down
3: yeah um, and david i think that's uh just to add to that because i you know the uh, where where the silos may be, and I'm going to go out the limb here but may need, may be broken down the greatest is within development because it's mm-hmm. it's the it's the donor that expects that and mm-hmm. um my uh, my boss betsy Gerdeman at p b s often says programming is not development, marketing is not development, digital is not development or fundraising, but development includes programming marketing and digital
0: <laughs> yeah
3: so there's yeah. a heavy dependence upon um, what we do from the fundraising side is that incorporates all of the different areas of, of uh, engagement with our audience
2: mm-hmm. yeah and and that's really taking more of a you know a, you're taking the supporter and you're focusing on them and then you're figuring out how do all of these Pieces and how do all of these ways that we touch those supporters fit into that, being focused on them through that sort of development function?
0: Yeah. yeah. And like one, one example of the way that um, in, in my experience that was very effective at breaking down the silos between programs and marketing and fundraising was using using um, program experts within the organization sort of as subject matter experts. And give them some media training, right? The, for those that are willing and that you know fit the fit the mold to do that, and and incorporate them into marketing and fundraising communications, um, to so that they understand how we're going to market or how we're trying to reach constituents. And so that marketing Mm -hmm. and fundraising has a better understanding of what the programmatic challenges are.
3: That's a
0: great, yeah, yeah, I mean, again,
3: kind of getting down to sort of how do you um, uh, uh, break down those silos a bit, of course, but then also how Mm -hmm. you um, elevate conversations ensure that we're all starting from the same place. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, that's right.
2: So there's this book that I read recently, and it's called What Great Brands Do. And the author talks about how it's like your brand really starts with your culture. And so that internal culture and that sort of like, hey, we're all one team mentality, then, you know, trickles from the inside out, right, into the brand. And I think that's a lot of what, you know, we, we've we talked about here today with, with the silos is building that culture Taking the time to go out to happy hour, you know, um, building those relationships—that'll all trickle trickle out from um, internally. All
0: right. Yeah, so this is an
2: awesome. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Oh, I was just going to say that I think that what what we've all been talking about is really boils down to continue to to communication, right? So it's, you know, leadership having strong communication um, and, and emulating a behavior for culture and then communication between staff, you know, in different departments or chapters, etc and just fostering that culture um, and, and increasing the communication, I think is really the key to, to breaking silos down.
2: Yeah. So yeah. To, wrap, to wrap that up, Um, If you had, like, one tip you could each leave for a leader of an organization trying to do that, what would you recommend them do? And, and Chaz, I think maybe you were going to say something.
3: (laughs) Uh, Well, one tip would be tough. (laughs) Uh, But I'll try. I'll try. This is only a
2: 20-minute podcast (laughs) now. I know. I know. I know.
3: (laughs) We have a lot to say here. (laughs) (laughs) Bonus round. Uh, you know. We'll
2: do a bonus round. <laughs>
3: yeah. um, you know, I, I think I've mentioned a bit on the sort of the, you know, a little bit more on a superficial level as far as the, you know, the happy hours and, you know, I mean, somewhat facetious, but actually very true too. Um, you know, the reduce those barriers. Um, you know, uh, not relying on email. I mean, all the things that we all, you know, know in heart, uh, know, but hard in practice sometimes. Um, but things that I think I would leave with and, and kind of think to your question, Taylor bit is um, you know is thinking about um, you know one if we end the premise that big organizational change is, is difficult. Um, you know uh, hierarchical org chart is very common in nonprofits and a lot of organizations, right? Um, a matrices is a bit bit of a shift and, and shifting to more of a horizontal kind of framework definitely requires, uh, a lot of investment and resources, time and change and culture. Um, but I would say some of the uh, one of the best ways, and in fact, I think we're starting to try to, to try this on here at PBS, is actually thinking um, uh, what are some of the small steps? And some of the small steps are uh, are really big moves. Um, and that may be something that uh, a sprint, which is I'm sure I'm sure you all are familiar with, and sprint groups are not are more akin to the agile methodology and kind of from a product standpoint. But we have a couple sprints here going on. That's really interesting, and that's getting um, a representation from multiple multi, multiple teams across the organization to focus on one question, one challenge, one problem, um, and really help put forth a set of recommendations. Um, and the sprint is is really a period of time, is a short period of time, that allows for this you know cross departmental, cross functional group to come together and really help to address. A variety of uh, uh, an issue, a specific issue. We've got three groups going on here at PBS. One is a content sprint group. Another is culture, and the third is fundraising um, from more mm-hmm. of a uh, uh, omni-channel. So that is less of a big move or less of a investment as a kind of changing your your org chart, <laughs> but certain, you know group work can really be transform transformational for how we work across boundary
0: lines.
2: Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's
0: I love that. I love that too. I think that's so awesome. Um, and I, I do agree that that at initiatives like that especially in large organizations like Chaz's makes a, a huge difference um that was my experience as well um being at easter seals was which is also large complex um chapter based um but you know i think you know what i would say is the one tip i could provide is you know this is really ongoing right it's never done It's never going to be perfect, right? And there's never going to be one kind of right solution. I I would say that, you know, it starts with leadership and leadership's dedication to addressing it within the organization. And if they can break the silos down across their management team and begin to create that culture of communication and trust, and kind of foster that in the staff, and lead by example. That's how you're gonna in really get real, real change and affect real change within within your organization.
2: Awesome, great stuff. Hey, Chaz, we're gonna have to have you back to talk about agile marketing, with me, because that <laughs> is where it's at. <laughs>
3: in progress here it's a work in progress yeah
2: it, is. <laughs> it always is hence the name all right
1: that about wraps it up for today's episode taylor and i want to thank you so much for listening in on today's podcast but before i wrap it up i kind of wanted to point out a few things during the podcast that really stood out to me obviously with everything there are benefits and there are challenges and with silos and while david you said that silos can plan out people's strengths and clarify what people are doing within the organization i also think that there's kind of a lack of communication so we really don't know who's doing what and it can be very inconsistent and chaz i really like what you said about starting with leadership and setting a tone for culture and in order to break down the silos you really have to work harder because it's a learned behavior and finally, David, you mentioned that there's a need to create a culture of communication and trust in order to make effective change, and I think that's really great advice.
2: Yeah, Chaz, David, thanks again. It's really been an absolute pleasure and a lot of fun. Um, we'll follow up about round two. <laughs> kidding. No, <laughs> maybe I'm not. Um, but thanks really so much for joining us today on the Nonprofit Chatter and for sharing your thoughts and insights on this topic
1: Wonderful.
0: Thank absolutely. you all. Appreciate the time. Yes, Hi, absolutely. Thank you so much.
1: And on behalf of Nonprofit Pro and Pursuant, we will see you on the next episode of the Nonprofit Chatter.